Hi, welcome to the Feminist Fiction Podcast. I'm Natalie. And I'm Megan, hi. Um, Here we talk about, I guess, different cultural topics and each episode has a theme. That's right, we talk about books, TV shows, movies. Um, We are a book club. Um, We originally started as a book club and now we've grown quite big with other book clubs in different cities. And so um, we decided to make this podcast and we're now on episode four. (laughs) Yeah. Um, we've taken a little bit longer to do this one just because of life stuff, I guess. Um, but I'm really excited for this one. I think it's a good one where this episode, we're going to be talking about going out, out, partying, big nights out and looking at that in fiction, which we were kind of thinking about because Megan and I (laughs) had a very big night out last weekend. (laughs) We had other plans of what we would do for this episode, but then because we had this wild night out where we stayed out till six in the morning, it was like, maybe we should just talk about this. Yeah. Um, Just, I guess I've just been thinking, you know, post COVID, that's probably the first time I've really, really gone out, out. Mm. And I guess I feel like it's worth analyzing just like everything I feel Mm. analyzed. Um, Yeah, I honestly feel like it's taken me like a week to recover. Like what happened? (laughs) Because we really went in. We really did go big. Why do you think we went so so big? Because we just went out for dinner. That was yeah. I don't know. I guess we were having a good time, and I think that like so we went out with our friend Saffron as well, and I think the three of us were all on the same wavelength about it and that's why we went in so hard it wasn't like there was no one out of the three of us who was trying to like temper the evening <laughs> was there? I thought it would get like to that state of being 6am yeah that's true but at the beginning of the night Saffron had said um are we going for drinks after dinner and I just laughed in her face you know mm. you were like obviously yes <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I think we were prepared to like get a bit drunk yeah but it, the level to which like I was in a McDonald's at 6 30 in the morning I wasn't there for that part <laughs> oh my god and yeah, then I yeah regret do you have regret about it I do have some regret like I think that maybe we should have called it a bit earlier but I think the thing that kept us going <laughs> was karaoke we're just I just we love karaoke man. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah. and we should try and organize one for the book club I think that would be a good idea because it is so so fun and I think that's partly why we stayed out so late right because we were enjoying doing karaoke <laughs> Um, but I also think we only went to karaoke because nowhere else was open at that point. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But yeah, it was good to go again. And, you know, <laughs> the thing is, the night just took on a life of its own. Really did. Outdoors, which is what we're going to go into really with mm. all the things we're going to talk about. Mm. I think it was, I was the same as you. I haven't gone like that hard since pre-COVID times. It's been a long time since I've done that kind of partying. And like we we were saying like, because it was the three of us, I did feel like pretty safe. And like, we were all kind of looking after each other, but like we met people on that night out and it definitely did remind me like how, I don't know, there were just moments in the evening where I was like, I don't really know these people actually. Like, I don't really know what they're like at all. And it can be, it can so easily like 
go from being so much fun to like being like a bit dark right and I think we're going to talk about that nights out and it did I mean it was fine our night out we didn't have anything go wrong but there were just moments where I was suddenly like oh it could go wrong (laughs) and that was uncomfortable when you are out and everybody is of the mindset that we're going to have fun we're going to I guess part of a night out in general is letting go of the stress of your daily life you know dancing having a laugh yeah like meeting new people is part of that experience and that can all be really positive but at the same time like you say you know you, you don't have that base level of trust with certain people and realistically you know in the society that we're in as a woman it, it can be like th- there's that other element of mm. fear involved I suppose mm. yeah it's like there is a risk to your safety right to some degree like that maybe that isn't so much for men obviously not completely but I just think it's maybe there's something that's sort of instilled in you as a woman as well like when I was a teenager growing up my parents were like so worried about me right and like I found it annoying at the time but I do understand why in comparison to my brother who basically could just do whatever he wanted like the the treatment was different really the messaging that you and I've had and so many women our age from for such a long time is that messaging of you know if you're not wearing enough clothing then yeah. we're asking for it you know in inverted mm. and obviously we both know we all know that is nonsense mm. um but that has bred like a fear in us from such a young age you know mm. and like a sense of responsibility right that it's like if it does go wrong that it is it's your fault in some way mm-hmm. and you've invited it or you've created that situation you haven't taken good enough care of yourself all of those things yeah um yeah which is such a shame because I think like women should be able to go on a night out and not feel like that right <laughs> you know yeah, definitely um which I mean might be a good point for me to just launch into one yeah of them, if that's okay yeah and feel something else about our um, no, no, I think we should we should probably leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, so with um one of the movies that really like uh struck me first of all that we could talk about is Spring Breakers, which Natalie hasn't actually seen, so I'm mm. just gonna go into a little rant about this movie. Just because, you know, thinking about what we've just said about um when we were younger, how all the messaging was about um, girls are maybe asking for it. This movie was made about 10 years ago. And it is really interesting that it's only 10 years ago because I mm. read it last night and, you know, it's, um, it, I don't know, it, it's really different watching it now than it was at the time. So mm. basically it's about these four girls who go on spring break which obviously if you don't know in America um college girls kind of college students in general uh, go wild on spring break every year and go to somewhere different to party and the whole movie is based on that and the actresses in the movie are um famous Disney Channel stars who like Selena Gomez, Vanessa Hudgens, mm. Benson and they deliberately chose to be part of the movie to kind of shake off their cutesy image, Mm. uh, which they definitely do because 
in this movie, they're portrayed as like increasingly hardened criminals. Um, but the premise of the movie really is this kind of good girl gone bad thing. Yeah. And it really feels on the rewatch like it's the whole thing is based on that concept of they were asking for it, you know, because they're wearing fluorescent bikinis, um, because they're flirting with men, because X, Y, Z. Therefore, they they know what they're doing. They seem, and, and the girls themselves in the movie don't seem to have much of a personality at all. Mm. They're basically all just born out of this um, male fantasy, I guess. Whereas... Mm later in the movie there is coming back to what we were saying about danger um later in the movie james franco appears and um he's like really problematic because there's so much cultural appropriation with his character where he's basically just dressed as a black man um mm. braids and oh, um, God. doing an accent that he thinks is from like the hood it's just so bad but yeah. I guess, anyway um later in the movie James Franco appears and is um it's supposed to be I don't know the thing is that he is so complex as a character even though I'm saying all those poor choices about his character he seems to have many layers to his personality whereas the girls don't they're just they become like part of his crew and um it gets really really dark Mm. And there's a scene, um, (laughs) I don't know how to talk about this without being, um, I'll just give you a trigger warning guys, you can skip through this if you want. But basically there's a scene where um, they use some of his guns as like strap-ons and he sucks them like stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Um, And it just all gets really strange and eventually the girls shoot out the whole place um but the whole way through they've got no remorse they don't seem to have any particularly um deep feelings or any feelings at all yeah whereas he's much more complex than that okay yeah they go (laughs) is it do you think is it like trying to like flip the the narrative and, and and like show women as being um I guess like unfeminine things like not caring being hardened all those things maybe that are more associated with men and male criminals yeah I think like that's what is really interesting about this movie like I I almost feel bad picking it apart so much because the intention of the movie was to move that sort of genre forward mm. and the fact that they did cast all girls and that they all got a lot a lot of screen time was something you know mm. at that time which I can't believe it's only 10 years ago that was big progress when you mm. think about really really violent films like Quentin Tarantino movies in which the woman is just like has a bit of screen time but essentially it's all about the men mm. the, you know I feel like this at least was all about the women, but the fact that it's all from the male gaze perspective and filmed by a man who clearly has his own, like very specific kinks and fantasies and thoughts about Mm. who women are. Um, For example, there's a really problematic, another really problematic scene in Spring Breakers where um, 
one of the girls is sort of rolling around the floor and she's saying, um, you can't have it, you can't have me to a room full of men. And she's mm. like revealing her breasts and stuff. And it's, mm. it's very like a rape fantasy. Mm. Very like sexualized as well. Very sexualized. And it's supposed to be that I guess she's in control of the situation, but she's obviously not. And yeah. I don't yeah. I don't really know if anyone would be comfortable in that situation. Yeah. Um, no point in the entire movie do any of the women seem to kind of grasp any level of fear, apart from one yeah. of them who's supposed to be like this churchy girl and can't handle it, but the rest of them yeah. seem to be all on board for the chaos. Um, Mm, that's interesting because it's like what I mean I, we were thinking when we were talking about this of some other examples which are like do you really like tackle that sense of danger on a night out namely like I may destroy you and I was also thinking about that show Mood on BBC which I've seen I don't think you've seen um, which like actually so Mood is quite an interesting one because it's about um someone who's a singer and is a bit of a crisis point in her life I guess and she starts getting involved in like escorting and sex work and there are you know they have these like amazing nights out a lot of the time and there is a lot of power in what she does but there's also this like real danger and like darkness that can and it can so easily switch into that and like similarly we were saying with I May Destroy You that's obviously about someone who's gone on this night out and kind of blacked out Mm-hmm. It's getting these flashbacks of something that's happened is trying to understand what happened to her. It's like they, I for me, they were like really good examples of like both showing the kind of fun of a night out, but also the threat that I think women feel. And it sounds like with Spring Breakers, it's like they're sort of almost trying to pretend that that doesn't exist or something, you know? Yeah, I think they're more concerned. What well, I guess my lasting feeling, having rewatched it, is that it was about good girls gone bad. Mm. And that, you know, even now we're still very much in that place where yeah. um, girls can't necessarily be a multitude of things. Like yeah. you're, either you're a good girl or you're a bad girl. And if you're a bad girl, then you're still just a man's fantasy. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah. Um, could say about this movie as well because it is so complex and it's one of those arty movies where have you seen any of Harmony Kareen's other movies? I don't think so. I mean, do you, are there any examples that you know? Well, do you know Chloe Savini? Yeah. Yeah, she's in a lot of his movies and okay. um, they're all very artistic, like Gummo and stuff where she's mm. dancing around with kind of black tip tape on her nipples and stuff mm. and basically everything he makes is subversive and it is interesting and it's filmed in a very artistic way where you could even see it in a gallery working well Mm. so because there's a lot of thought behind the filmmaking and even the colors and the cinematography it is all really like visually appealing sensory overload especially with the spring breakers one it really makes you feel like sick watching it and there's something in that Mm. craft Mm. that distracts you from the fact that like it's deeply problematic Mm. Um, which is why I think it is absolutely fantastic that we have got to the point where we've got these amazing um you know creative people like Michaela Cole who've made things like I May Destroy You because that has the same feeling actually that's Mm. like really claustrophobic really beautifully made like I really think it's such a great piece of art that whole Mm. series isn't it but it's 
it just works so much better because instead of a man trying to tell women's stories, which is nonsense, mm. it's a woman telling her clearly, deeply personal story and going through every level of it. And obviously she's not just a sort of two-dimensional bad girl. Mm. She, she, and she wasn't asking for it and she was just trying to live her life and something mm. terrible happened to her. And then it actually deals with the consequences of that. Whereas with Spring Breakers, you see these really traumatizing events happening to these girls. And even if they are, um, even if they have no empathy at all and, and they actually are psychopaths, yeah. um, they couldn't have gone through all of those events without having experiencing some trauma, but we're never let, allowed to see that. Um, yeah. Whereas with I May Destroy You, it's the build up to the night out, the terrible events of the night out and the aftermath, which is such a good story arc, I think. Yeah. And I feel like with that show, I mean, this is talking about consent a bit, but I think it's what does make that show so good is that like none of the characters are like all good or all bad. And like they all go through things where like I think there's even a thing with Michaela Cole I mean I can't really remember it now where she is to like one of her friends who's gay she kind of suggests that his experience is like not valid or wasn't he goes through this experience where it's like unconsensual and she kind of dismisses it um the character like they all do things to each other within it that are also bad you know like they're very complex and the situations themselves are also complex like I was thinking of I mean these are like spoilers people haven't haven't seen it but um her friend has a bit has a night out and has like a threesome with these two guys and she it begins feeling like very very in control of the situation Hmm. and this powerful thing for her and then when they leave she sees that they were actually friends like she thinks that she picked them up separately and they leave talking being like really matey with each other and she realizes that like they had planned it rather than she had planned it yeah and it's like changes her feeling about the situation and raises some interesting things about consent I think but anyway I mean I guess consent is a you know a side topic in some way to going out out but it's like I that thing about good girl bad good girls and bad girls like Mm. yeah I'm sure you're so good at having really really complex characters I think who do good things and bad things like are a multitude of things are not wholly yeah angel or devil absolutely well yeah and there's even like a sort of a nod to that because they dress up in good girl and bad girl costumes yeah uh, at one point in that show don't they for like halloween or something yeah and i definitely think that idea does tie into the like post night out regret feeling (laughs) so many times when I was at university and I had like a mad one this would be funny if my mum is listening to this I would literally think I'd be like what would my mum think of me (laughs) (laughs) that was that was my like next day anxiety do you know what I mean I was like she'd be so ashamed of me (laughs) yeah yeah quite dark quite fast maybe we should like lighten it a bit and just (laughs) like maybe the positives of a night out like I think yeah have you seen legendary and those kinds of shows no that's a big show on at the moment on channel four where they um every episode it's like these dance troops um Mm Oh, correct me if I'm wrong, if it's maybe it's called ballroom, but basically mm, mm. Um, they're absolutely phenomenal dancers and they come out one after another and Jamila Jamil and a, a host of really fabulous judges who are all dressed up. Yeah. Uh, judge the dancing. 
and um, it's all so lovely as well. Like all the different sort of teams, the different troops, mm. they've been doing it for years and years, and they have so much affection for each other. Yeah, is this like the thing that's? I don't know if you've seen Pose or any episodes of that, which yeah, is similar. about. Yeah, yeah, this is like the house of so and so, the house yeah, of exactly. so and so, right? Yeah, yeah, and it comes from the like trans community. I mean, it's super interesting, like the whole setup. I think, isn't it, and like how it began you know back in the 80s and everything but I mean it is interesting like talking about that kind of like queer community and that environment because that's where that kind of ballroom tradition started I mean like we really like going I mean Manchester's like a big you know LGBT city and we have Canal Street and we love going to Canal Street I think we do actually feel happier and more safe right like that's where we go there being in that community with those people yeah and I think like you know that situation is born out of necessity for people who need it isn't it you know like yeah like the other night when we met um those people who happened to be trans and I felt immediately safe around them and it's you know they've created and keep protecting spaces that do feel safe as a result of absolutely needing to feel safe somewhere in a way that we're lucky we we don't have to feel yeah bigger threat yeah and um but it is it's sort of beautiful isn't it really because you Mm. enter those spaces um as a guest and kind of immediately feel that safety that you just don't get in straight clubs yeah yeah definitely and I think like um you know thinking again about like positive nights out we were like thought in kind of preparation for this episode like about some examples and I think it's really good that we have these examples coming out that show like Mm. women and like queer people having like really joyful nights out (laughs) because it's like again even if like your the experience isn't always like that in reality or that you can feel like threat or danger like it definitely can be like that I should say that like I definitely think I have had nights out where I don't feel at all worried and it's all just good and um yeah I think it's like seeing women have that is I don't know it's it's enjoyable to experience isn't it yeah definitely and I mean as much as we're talking about the dangers in general I think like just being a woman or non-binary person or trans person a person who isn't a any person who isn't a cis pet man Mm. white man Mm. (laughs) you know it's hard it's hard work to have any kind of um difficulties in addition to your daily struggles Mm. constantly it's hard work and going out is freedom from that to a certain extent Mm. you know being able to dance feels makes you feel a bit free and it's almost therefore sort of that much more of a problem Mm. when a white cis man will come into that space and suddenly make it about them and want mm. like, one of us to grind with them. Mm. You know, it's like, no, I'm trying to actually have some freedom from you from all of this. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. And I really increasingly feel that as I get older and I do it. I'm just like, oh, when that happens, <laughs> that's how it makes me feel. I'm just like, really, like... Like, me doing you know. this isn't about you. I'm actually not trying to yeah. attract attention. Maybe I look like I am, 
but I just want to have some fun. Like, where is there that we can just go? And also that is just like really a way of doing it. Like, don't get me wrong, because I don't think like, I don't want to like live in a world where you go on a night out and people don't feel like they can like approach each other or flirt. Yeah. But at the same time, there just really is a way of doing it, isn't there? Like there's a, you just be fucking polite, like ask if it's okay before you do it. It's so straightforward. Like, do you know what I mean? Can I buy you a drink or something? Yeah. Rather than like literally coming up behind a girl. Yeah. And forcing yourself to like touching, like any, any form of touch. I'm sorry, but I just don't, I don't need Mm. it unless it's, I've consented to it. I don't want it. Yeah. 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 It is kind of mad that you, people just think that's okay to do to yeah. a random stranger just because you're in that environment. You'd never do that. Well, you'd hope right. you'd never just do that in the middle of the day, right? <laughs> like the supermarket. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's, it's not like a free for all. Yeah. And it's just like literally just asking like one question, you know. Yeah, it's just, it's interesting because like, well, obviously like I'm, in a relationship and like when we've gone on nights out like you've been like hit on I would say a few times that's because because I am single and because to be honest even though I'm saying all of this when I'm out you know I am looking around in a way that you mm. are not you know mm. you're more concentrating on the dancing mm. and out the corner of my eye I will think oh you know I'm free and maybe mm. I'll meet somebody that doesn't mean that mm. I'm asking for it though. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And also I feel like I've seen like guys do it like nicely with you and also not nicely. Like I actually have feel like I've seen that since we've been out. Like, I'm just so grateful that you're there and that I always feel like you're, I feel safe because you are there, you know? And that like, even that touch of like, having a hug with you guys makes me feel safe again yeah um maybe no sorry carry on on. (laughs) i was gonna say maybe like a good segue into some of the examples that we thought of is like pulling on a night out and the idea of like pulling (laughs) which no one says anymore but i feel like we should bring it back we should bring back pulling Yeah, like, right, mum and dad, if you're listening, can you turn off while we have Yeah. Listen. But yeah, I guess I am a bit bad for that. I, I love I don't think I don't think snog. I don't even really Yeah, I don't think it's bad. Have a snog and then go go on my way. And I think men don't really understand that. You know, that that's Yeah. It's not like it's not like immediate route to one night stand, yeah, right? It's not an immediate route to anything. I'm not gonna yeah. test tomorrow. I don't care about your name. <laughs> it's part of my experience of my night yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I just think, I mean, honestly, like we're saying with our parents listening, but I think this is a concept that's like as old as time. I'm sure that they went on nights out and concept pulled people. <laughs> night out pull. <laughs> I actually think it is. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's like the ma- one of the main ways that people meet each other pre-dating apps, I guess, which has now become maybe the main way that people people meet each other. Yeah. But like, because you're like uninhibited, you know, sometimes like, I guess if you drink, you've had a few drinks, mm. things are a bit looser. Um, you're not as like shy or nervous or whatever. And like one of the, the examples that we thought of was how to be single, yeah, um, which is quite a new film with Dakota Johnson and rebel wilson right yeah um about being like a single girl and going on nights out to pull really because like all like that's a part of it of like not necessarily like um to like find a man but to like 
hook up with people and why like that movie i have really absorbed into my veins to a point where it is sort of my life mantra (laughs) that movie i've watched it so many times and that is basically how i live my life i just think Mm. gotta have some fun Mm. i just i love rebel wilson's attitude in that movie yeah very me i just think you're only once and I don't owe you anyone anything, you know? Yeah, she's so confident, isn't she? Yeah. Like, unbelievably so. <laughs> and just like does not give a shit at all about the repercussions of her actions, right? Yeah, so hilarious, isn't it? It's a really good like girl buddy movie. Yeah. And it's so great to see that night out from a woman's perspective the whole movie is is from that perspective and all the actors are great like Leslie Mann is phenomenal in it as well there's like an interesting subplot where Mm. she is an older she's not old at all but she's an older lady dating a younger man Mm. she happens to get pregnant and the bloke like is all for it and he Mm. wants her to have her amazing can you tell I've watched this movie a thousand times everything about it but yeah that she wants to be a doctor she doesn't really you know have enough time to have a baby he's like great but there's a whole scene where he goes that's fantastic that's my dream role to be at stay mm. at dad and mm. it's really cute and nice to see those role reversals and the fact that the women are all leaning on each other supporting each other and having actual fun on nights out and in general as a result i guess yeah, definitely. I really like that with Leslie Mann and the relationship. It's like her, she's like Dakota Johnson's sister, right? And she's a doctor. Yeah. And I like, for some reason, really remember that bit where like Dakota Johnson's character goes to see her and she tells her how like dehydrated she is based on like, <laughs> she thought it was like a nice touch for someone who's like partying all the time, right? Um, <laughs> like you would be dehydrated. <laughs> Um, love and affection is really cute there where like Leslie Mann's obviously like an older woman who's kind of got her shit together she doesn't actually party as much as the other two yeah but she doesn't care about her sister coming into her bed at god knows what hour yeah looking after her and yeah aren't they whatever stage of their lives they might be at yeah. yeah and I do think that kind of like girls night out vibe is so can be so nice it can feel like this real maybe also like partly because of that sense of like needing to look after one another and it does create this like real sisterhood vibe I think maybe it's partly because this is what we have as adults now you know most people my age have partners at home and so going out is that opportunity to like have that sleepover vibe again Mm, yeah you can't really do that now because the partners are at home but this 10 at least the way that we're approaching it these days in our friendship group it's like our time to actually Mm. talk to each other and really hold space for each other Mm. It, it feels like intimate in a way that the, the sleepover when you were 13 felt, you know? Yeah, and I felt like there's a real, like, commitment to a girl's night out. I can't explain yeah. it. Like, when you decide to do it, you're like, we're all doing it. Yeah, we're <laughs> so You're going into war together. <laughs> yeah. Don't make any plans tomorrow. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, the other, like, very, like, joyful, fun uh, example is Someone Great, that film. Uh, so, so um which I've I love that film and I've watched it a few times just because yeah. it's like so fun I think it really makes you want to go out and it's like about 
a girl who's just had her like really long-term boyfriend split up with her and mm. she's like I need to go out like I, and, and her two friends are like can really come to the rescue with it like doesn't one of them even like they go into her work and they make her like leave her work which is like uh, so so they, inappropriate they, they knock on the window and they're like your aunt has died which is like <laughs> you need to leave now yeah oh yeah I love that movie so much and I think it's so well made as well. It's, you know, it's not like arty in the way that the previous movies we were talking about are, but it's a very, very, very well made anti rom com mm. where the casting, I think, is fantastic. I think every, every one of the actresses and actor is like fantastic. And particularly, I really like that they cast Lakeith Stanfield because personally, I think he's like the hottest man alive. So he's so hot. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, he's so, so hot. <laughs> it just really works for the plot that like, yeah, really, it would be absolutely gut-wrenching to break up with someone of like that caliber. Mm. Yeah, like he's really good. And they don't try to pretend that he's like not a good guy or no, anything. Yeah. Quite, I like that. I like that the man is not two-dimensional either you know he yeah. really is a fully formed character who might just not be right for this person at this point in her life like but he's yeah. a catch. he's i i will have him i'll take him yeah I'll yeah <laughs> yeah and it's, it also makes you feel sort of more sad for them i think right because it shows how like happy they were a lot of the time and yeah how they're both really have really good personalities it's more about like where they're at in their lives isn't it that's the reason that they're breaking up yeah, which is yeah. sad like I, it's sad watching it but it's also like believable you know it's really interesting to see that like depth of feeling and that really that is what breakups are actually like they're always yeah. treated so flippantly on screen and in books and stuff but actually you know, if you actually loved someone, then it's horrendous to break up with someone. And this really shows that. And it shows like, therefore, the necessity of the night out after something like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Can't be topped. <laughs> yeah, and like that thing you're talking about of it's like, like a place to, for like the kind of girls night out vibes, the place for you to like process your emotions and feelings, right? Within that. And it's that's why she wants to do it, I think. Because like, actually that's what we want from it you know mm. like there was a point the other night where natalie was trying to have a heart to heart to me and Saffron. Mm. i won't go into at all what that was about but it's just like the blokes were trying to come in on it <laughs> you were like no absolutely not this is a sacred circle of trust like you you have nothing to do with this yeah and like really this is the reason why we came this is the reason why we drank any alcohol at all this is the reason why we are cancelling our plans tomorrow because mm -hmm. we care about each other and we want to be there for each other and we need some kind of time carved out in our lives where we can do some kind of group therapy session yeah and, you know like <laughs> i'm like as we're saying this i'm like is this everyone though or is this just us? <laughs> Like the our nights out are, we're like, when I was seven though. <laughs> and that's why I'm like this today. <laughs> oh my God. I feel like this, what I'm about to say is going to like make about 20 people drop off completely from me. <laughs> but this is like a star sign thing as well. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm really sorry, everybody. If you don't believe in star signs, then I'm not going to get along with you anyway, but I'm sorry. <laughs> we love star signs. We love them. And I think our particular group is supposed to be in this way. And we do love 
the deep. Yeah, we've uh, we've even managed to get the men on board. Push, yeah, like we slow, have. we slowly like indoctrinated them into astrology. Like occasionally, <laughs> they'll literally be like, "Oh, my boyfriend will sometimes be like, so tor- that's so Taurus of me." And I'm like, "Look at you." <laughs> so proud (laughs) yeah definitely maybe it is uh, maybe it is a bit of a star sign thing I just like it is definitely thing with all of the women I know it's like when I think about nights out it's such a nice combination of like singing dancing all of those things and then yeah real like good heart to hearts right where you like get into stuff um and are emotional it's really good Right, maybe we should talk about some books now. Yes. Um, yeah. I was thinking maybe we could start with Eve Babbitt's. Um, basically, all of the Eve Babbitt's books have this general feeling of party time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's uh, Natalie hasn't hasn't read Eve Babbitt's, but the one that I remember most is Sex and Rage, which is a good book. And it's about a woman kind of living her best life, um, going from place to place, seeing how she can just keep the party alive, basically. Um, So it is rapid and vacant, I suppose. And she's exploring that sort of silly lifestyle. Mm. But it's quite a fun ride to be on, you know. Mm. Uh, And I guess that idea of the party girl, like the it girl, you know, from... Like when I was younger, I was quite obsessed with um, Andy Warhol's main side. Mm, Edie. Yeah. What's her face? Edie Sedgwick. Edie yeah. yeah. And I like reading an Eve Babbitt's book feels like you're living Edie Sedgwick's life, but mm. maybe in LA, mm. um, which is quite a fun ride to be on. Like it's just a good bit of escapism and it feels the same way that going on a night out feels, you know. So yeah. We need a bit of headspace and we need an mm. adventure. But at the same time, I think it brings up maybe the fact that even the fact that we're here and we're talking about this, it's because mm. we're so privileged, isn't it, that we can afford a night out. Mm. And with characters like that one in, in Eve Babbitt's Sex and Rage, they are really already wealthy and kind of accumulating their wealth on more and more on the basis of their appearance and being around wealthy men and moving in those circles. Mm. And I think that's maybe worth exploring as well with one of the people in the book club, um, when we mentioned we were doing this episode, brought up Happy Hour, which I haven't read the whole book yet, but that has the same kind of feeling Mm. of almost, I guess, the emptiness of the party, like the fun of the party, but also the meaninglessness of it all, you know, I guess there's a question mark there in terms of, are you wasting your time partying? You know, at at this stage with the pandemic and everything, obviously there's a big uh, pushback from some people where like, like you and I, we're thinking, right, well, we haven't been able to live our lives for Mm. all this time. We should go out and live our lives. Whereas other people might be thinking, this has taught me that partying is meaningless and that I, you know, that other things matter more. Yeah. 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 And I think like that, again, it is that fine line between it being really fun and it being sort of a bit soulless and shallow. Right. Right. And I think it's that thing of like, for me, like I enjoy partying sort of because I don't do it all the time. 
yeah like it then I you know if I was to be doing that like every single weekend or like loads and I mean like no judgment on people that do there is a part of me I think they would start to feel a bit like sad (laughs) because there is an emptiness to it and also I mean definitely when I do it I am like drinking so I think that can play into that feeling right of like sadness and emptiness um yeah Um, I'm going to use like a super deep quote now, <laughs> <It's really beautiful. laughs> but I always think about this scene in the OC mm. <laughs> where Kirsten says to her sister, like your whole life is dedicated to having fun. Are you actually having any? And I, I just think that's a really poignant question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I suppose like that, maybe it's also in that context, like the idea of like the organized fun, right? I always yeah. think like, like probably like the reason we had quite a good time like last weekend is because we weren't planning on doing that. And then it just happened. Mm-hmm. The accidental night out, the mm. night out is always the best. Yeah, because the planned night out has a lot of expectation and it's like it's supposed to be like the best time of your life, right? And I feel like whenever that's the case, sometimes it's the case with like birthdays, I think, mm-hmm. you know, like, because you're yeah. like, oh, it's yeah. got to be good. Um, that it then isn't that fun because there's like definitely. so much pressure on it being fun, you know? Yeah, definitely. With mine coming up, I feel like almost just packing the whole thing in because oh no, it's just too much work to try and get it together. And like we're saying, it's always just the best when it's just a one-off experience and it happens out of nowhere. And actually, you know, there was a phase in my life when I was younger where I was partying way too much in my early 20s. And that wasn't fun. You know, it yeah, like yeah. it was more than just every weekend. It was like all Me too. the time when I was at uni. Yeah. And there does come a point where you have to just, you know, give yourself a sort of pep talk. Like, what is the point of this? You know, yeah. all my money. Yes, I'm meeting lots of people having inverted commas fun. But yeah, I really probably wasn't having that much fun at all. I didn't know. Yeah. Do you think it's like, I think when I was younger, particularly, it felt like nights out had like opportunity, not like necessarily just like romantic opportunity. It was like things were going to happen and it was going to be like crazy. Yeah. What the tone of this happy hour book seems to be as well, that she's, yeah, because she's becoming who she will be. She doesn't know who she'll be. She doesn't even have a job then she feels like every interaction with someone new could could have that possibility, could lead her somewhere interesting. And that's definitely the place I was in when I was mm. and just finished uni and started in the restaurant. I definitely felt it was beneficial to me to be meeting all these interesting artists and musicians and all sorts because they might lead to opportunities Mm. but in reality that never happened you know that's not actually how people network you know I think you've got to be sober and in a room of influential people yeah (laughs) Yeah, and that thing of like you know uh when you go on a night out and you like I honestly even think we had this to some degree the people that we met last weekend like on the night we were like you're like my best friend (laughs) we are gonna be friends forever and then the next day you're like no we're not we literally don't know (laughs) it's like the fog lifts doesn't it it's like there's this like party thing where yeah on at the time you think you've built some like amazing friendship because you've all gone on this night out together and then the next day you're like really no I don't actually know that's the case it's actually really terrible because yeah I definitely said they would be my best friends for life and then the next day (laughs) (laughs) 
such a horrible person. <laughs> oh, I don't know. It's hard, isn't it? Because it's like, I definitely had a bit of a sense of that as well. I was like, the next day I was just like, I don't know really though, do I actually want to? It's probably like, this is, again, this is like a bad thing to say, but I just do feel like I have quite good friends that I've made outside of those environments. And so I suppose I don't know that I feel the need so much to... Mm-hmm have a friend from a night out plus it is just that it is quite like a shallow interaction like you you literally have known each other for a few hours and it's a kind of like faux deepness like you know that it's like it's you're kind of saying those things to each other but it's not you don't really have the time and connection that actually is built up over like several meetings to be friends with someone that you know it's just because you're kind of drunk and you're in this environment that it's easy to say like oh you're like you're my best friend and we're gonna have when actually you they're not you don't know them you don't have that time together you know like feeling that I get when I'm at a festival as well like I'll make friends with everybody yeah um it's such a nice feeling because you feel like you're a part of something you're sharing the experience of watching something but when it all settles down that was what you were sharing you don't know anything about each other you just yeah yeah experience which is beautiful in itself but yeah I often feel like beyond that when people try to create a friendship that's I think now, because we're in the age of like the dating apps and stuff, if I'm going to date someone, it's going to be intentional and I'm going to put in work to it and text them repeatedly and go for a date with the intention of seeing where it's going to go. And it's a bit easier to be more clear with where my boundaries are with that. Whereas if I meet someone casually, then I you know, I, I quite like to know the background to someone before I'm going to form like an intentional um, yeah. relationship with them. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think it's like, it's not to say that you can't make friends on a night out, but it's like, I think if you do, you still have to put that time in, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're still going to have to like actually form a friendship outside of this going out. I mean, I don't know, like, this is a really good segue actually into like animals the book which yeah. we've we've mentioned in other episodes but is a, is a, about going out out mm-hmm. and about two girls doing that and like i don't know whether you've ever had like i had this friend when i was at uni who i pretty much solely just went out with it right. was like yeah. that relationship that these two have and animals is like that it's like all formed around partying yeah, yeah. and we we did spend time together in the day but it was more like we were just hung over waiting to go out again and like our whole friendship really did rotate around nights out and I think like yeah we were both single at the time Mm -hmm. so it was like we we both wanted to be doing that we both like encouraged each other and Mm -hmm. we're not friends anymore and I felt like our friendship did disintegrate quite easily actually and like you see that a bit with animals as well right like the friendship is sort of in some ways seems like they're best friends and they even live together I think don't they like but it ends quite abruptly and quickly because it's like not really got much more there than just the two of them going on these benders all the time yeah I think maybe there's even something in that in the sense of the night out is sometimes 
part and parcel with like the experience of being single. And I guess what I'm trying to get at is, yeah, I've definitely, I've definitely had formed those friendships just on the basis of we are both single. Let's just go out. What else are we going to do? Yeah. Night, you know, and um, now, you know, I know I'm saying all this about partying and whatever, but I'm very much, I love a Saturday night in the house by myself. Fact, <laughs> yeah. I'm usually really annoyed <laughs> about that. You know, I'm very, very happy to spend time on my own. So I don't need it as much as I used to, but I think there's that feeling when you're single and someone else is single that maybe if you go out, this will be the night that you meet your significant other. Mm. And that has categorically never happened in my entire life. And I have been Mm-mm. single for most of my life. Mm. I'm telling you kids, <laughs> it's not likely to be the person that you just bumped into when you had one too many and mm. like got grinded on. I just mm. don't, I haven't, that has never happened to me. Has it happened to you? Have you met someone significant in that setting? Just trying to think about it. I suppose like my first boyfriend when I was at uni, but again, like we were all in halls together. I'm not sure it was necessarily that we met on a night out, but we definitely did get together through sort of lots of like partying. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, no, I don't think so. Again, it's like, there's always been something else like, uh, like another boyfriend I had. We really like, we, again, we did go on nights out and we got together that way, but that wasn't how I met him. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, I think it, it can be a good facilitator of that, right? It can provide the opportunity, but it's, you're right. I've never like just met someone on a night out, but I mean, there must be people that have for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know? I mean, come back to animals and the general themes of that. I suppose I definitely had a close friend like in my early twenties where we were spending all the time together, partying together all the time. And I, you know, at that time we didn't have the intention that we we're going to go out and meet our significant other partners we had the intention that we were going to go and have fun being single and have a wild crazy time like that yeah a deliberate aim yeah Um, and we definitely achieved that but beyond that you know the friendship didn't have yeah like you say um yeah i really really saw my younger self in that movie it's a very good representation of like what can happen when the party kind of it feeds mm. on itself, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's with animals. Like, I mean, probably quite a lot of the people listening to this will be part of our Manchester book club. But it's actually set in Manchester. The book Animals. Oh, I think the right, the yeah. film is maybe set in Ireland. I think it's an Irish film, right? But okay. the book is set in Manchester, which is quite. I'm always like, oh, I can't like to read it again because when I first read it, I wasn't living here, um, and I think it would be nice you know, to read a book set here, like about going, like I'm interested, like where they go and like whether we know any of these places, but. In general, because Manchester is a very party city, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. The North definitely know how to party. (laughs) Like it's a, it's a real event, you know, particularly in Liverpool, people really get dolled up. I've I've been to Liverpool during the day and most women that you encounter will have their hair in rollers at like 11 a.m. in preparation for the night out. Like it's a whole mm. thing, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> yeah, and that is a big part of the fun of it. Like I do like getting dressed up for a night out and it gives you an opportunity, I think, to like look and wear, like wear things that you wouldn't norm, I guess, get in any other situation, right? And that is really fun. I feel like that comes back to with Legendary and stuff like that and other shows like RuPaul's Drag Race where 
that's part of the magic of it that you could perhaps transform yourself for the evening you could mm. be whoever you want to be like maybe mm. you've got the right dress and the right shoes that's why I feel when we do karaoke yeah. <laughs> I'm like I am a pop star <laughs> exactly just even if it's only for two hours yeah it's nice yeah it's like tonight Matthew I'm going to be <laughs> Yeah. Who did you pick last time? I can't remember who we did. Um, yeah, this podcast is becoming such an advocate for karaoke. They should start paying us commission. <laughs> um, who did we do? We did more Robbie Williams. I think Robbie Williams is such a good karaoke choice. Alanis Morissette might have made an appearance. Yeah. Gwen Stefani as well. We did No yeah, Doubt. Without all the greats. We did the Pussycat Dolls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great choice. Wow. Yeah, that yeah. was a really bold choice. We must have been quite drunk at that stage. I think we did Taylor Swift, as always. Makes sense. Taylor Swift is actually quite hard, though, a lot of it. You know, like a lot, I think you've got to pick songs that you can sing. Because <laughs> I think me and Saffron in particular are, are guilty of picking songs that we can't, we cannot <laughs> sing. And it's just bad. The whole song is bad. <laughs> I like it. it's beautiful. Don't put yourself down, okay? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you're right. It's like that. Yeah. It's so in the night out is like the juxtaposition of like opportunity, like transformation, like oh, glamour yeah. with yeah. like it can be so you know, like I always think like the before and after of a night out is basically the perfect way to envisage it, right? Like yeah. the before and you're like on your way out and you're like, you've maybe had a couple of drinks and you're in a really good place with it yeah. compared to the end where there's like makeup down your face and you're like eating chips and you feel sick and you're like, what have I done? <laughs> so, yeah. so very much like the highs and the lows, which is why I do completely get why some people opt out of the whole thing. Yeah. You know, there's so many people now our age and younger who don't go for any of it Mm. Um, and there's such a like obviously connection between like nights out and like substance abuse basically and I wonder what it's like if you're just sober like I remember I went to this music festival a few years ago I was like working at the festival and me and a friend of mine there just decided not to drink until the last night Mm. and we still did like go out but we just had like cokes and it honestly it was so good like I'm not gonna (laughs) really maybe like I should just try this occasionally in my normal yeah. life because also we did the thing of like we went out we just had some cokes we still danced mm-hmm. and then we came in and we had a shower in the middle of the night great tip at a music festival because no one is there and the water's hot and then we just woke up feeling like amazing we were both wow. like this is actually pretty good yeah yeah that sounds actually incredible <laughs> And like, actually, (laughs) substance abuse, good segue maybe into our final (laughs) points of, um, yeah, I mean, like, there's an obvious crossover between the big night out and drinking lots or taking drugs. And we were like, first of all, I was thinking a bit about like, um, because a lot of the examples we were thinking of, we were like, oh, it's not so much, this isn't so much about partying as is addiction. but it made me think a bit of like one of the the examples we thought of kind of wild partying it's not so female focused is like the wolf of wall street mm-hmm. and a lot of that is obviously about like drugs mm-hmm. and that environment but also is a, lo- a lot about wild partying but yeah it's like the it kind of made us think a bit more about the 
the flip side of what we were saying earlier of like being a woman and feeling that danger all the time and how the male night out is presented um, on television. And again, we're talking kind of cishet perspective here. The Wolf of Wall Street is very that, isn't it? Um, and how there isn't really that sense of that in those films. Like one example is like The Hangover, right? It's like all about these guys having this big night out. But it's really about the bad things that they've done and them uncovering that compared to, say, I May Destroy You, if you're thinking about like another big night out where she's yeah. recalling what's trying to recalling, trying to recall what's happened. It's about something that's happened to her. And it's like, I don't know, it's interesting to me that that difference, you know. I think like coming back, especially to the Wolf of Wall Street, like if you haven't seen that movie, that is about extremely powerful men. Mm have a lot a lot of wealth are continuing to build more wealth um and i think although their wealth is precarious and that's the point of the movie that they've you know collected the money in dodgy ways ultimately these are very powerful white dudes and there's a big difference between poor <laughs> poor little white girls getting drunk and powerful I don't know. It's different. And I wonder what the key difference is. Maybe reputation, because as much as those characters in The Wolf of Wall Street stood to lose a lot and, you know, ultimately do, I, I feel like it's difficult for a man to lose his reputation, you know, whereas for a woman it could be tarnished in seconds, don't you think? Mm, yeah, like they, the stuff... The stuff that they do in those films, I, it's like if that was a bunch of women doing mm -hmm. it, what would the response be? Do you know what I mean? Right, that's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, and I wonder now, because it's like, I do feel like we're moving in a direction where we're like actively trying to like change those perceptions of women and, and what and around what, the, what they do. But yeah, I think it still would be treated in a different way. As well, like, yes, we, we are trying to mm. change perceptions and amazing directors like Michaela Cole are trying to change those perceptions. But ultimately the Wolf of Wall Street, like this movie is a completely different league to the movies we've been talking about. This is the kind of movie that the mainstream culture are mm. all, all seen. Mm. This is still quite a recent movie, which, and, and there's so many movies like this really at the top of the Oscar list are movies made by white men where all the white men are powerful, all of the women do not have very big parts. I mean, if you think about like Quentin Tarantino's latest movie, which I saw at cinema, what's that one called? Like, um, I think- Once that, Upon a Time in Hollywood, that one. Yeah, like, yeah. isn't it Margot Robbie in that as well? Yeah, yeah. And her part, I found like so pathetic. Yeah, so, I also found it really annoying, yeah. Really, hard to watch. I just thought, really, like, is this really what we're gonna get at, on a, in a Hollywood blockbuster movie that everybody in the world's gonna watch? Mm. Access to cinema, sorry. You know, we're gonna see that all of the men have interesting parts, have dynamic, interesting, multifaceted roles. Mm. And this woman goes to the cinema and watches herself and thinks, oh, aren't I pretty? Like, mm. really? Mm. I, I just couldn't believe how shallow and pointless her role was. I really mm. thought I was expecting more from it. And then again, in The Wolf of Wall Street, you know, it seems like 
that there's that whole scene where she's putting on a baby voice in in the nursery mm. and that's supposed to be this chap's one main weakness that mm. oh how could he possibly resist the baby voice and the pink stiletto heels and that's her main point in the whole movie it just makes me i'm like i'm actually sweating with rage talking about this <laughs> yeah really she's a phenomenal actress and that's what you've got for her you know what i mean mm. it's hard isn't it because like i agree with you but then it's like there's a with the wolf of wall street there's part of me that thinks like those environments are like that right like that is that sexism does exist and that behavior does exist True. but it's i think the problem with that film is that like that's one thing but it does sort of glamorize it like that film does glamorize that behavior and i feel like i knew lots of like guys at the time like who thought it was really cool and who thought all the guys were in it were really cool and it's like i'm not sure really whether or not that was the intention of the film like i do think it is supposed to be critical but it unfortunately does i think do a lot of glamorization in like you know those the scenes in the office and the kind of the fact that it's quite funny the men the men in it are quite funny often and i think those things make audiences warm to the characters and therefore think that behavior is cool right and it's like they're actually like horrendously sexist like throughout and that's because that's those characters but it's like but you've made it look like that's a cool thing to do you know they have and i think there's a lot of directors like that which are perceived to be so much at the top of their game and like you said like you're saying like they're obviously having a critical eye on whatever they're looking at like in this case obviously they're looking at very powerful men and wealth and excess and they are obviously trying to be critical of it but it's like because they are so successful in in cinema they've got to a level where they're untouchable and so what they're putting out whether or not it might be trying to be subversive in some way it's like they're allowed these moments of like blatant sexism that you wouldn't get away with if you were like a first-time director do you know what I mean yeah and I think similarly like the hangover is quite sexist and like racist at times as well and um again because it's a comedy it's like oh that's is that okay that like are we just supposed to think that's okay right yeah but I do think it's like yeah I mean I it's just something that really did occur to me thinking about this and in general I suppose like I feel because I do feel uh always when I go on a night out however much fun I'm having to be honest always a sense of like worrying about my own safety and like it's like there's an element of my brain that's always thinking about that or yeah on the lookout for it and I feel like kind of like jealous of men and the fact that I don't really think yeah again talking like cishet men Mm -hmm. on a night out you know are having this experience where they're not really having to think about that and I think like just without because I know I think we're going to talk about it in another in another episode but like we read boy parts in the book club recently and a lot of that book is about like reversing kind of t- stereotypical gender things and there's a really good line in it and this isn't really a spoiler where she's quite actually quite dangerous the central character as you as you find out but she says like what do I need to do to be to be considered a threat like yeah. to men yeah. and I thought it was really good because it's like that shows you like how like most men are not they don't feel 
threatened by women in the same way that women feel threatened by men on a kind of general basis mm-hmm. and yeah those these films about like big men's nights out are don't have that sense of danger to me it's like it's you know it doesn't matter how many times we talk around it and try and talk about the positives like it always it always does come back to that you know really at the end of our night out for example I was wasn't I having like a panic moment about getting my taxi home just because that happens so often that we because we live in different parts of Manchester so the rest of them will go somewhere else and then I'll go home on my own in a taxi and every single time I do worry about it because like not from nowhere because yeah. I taxi rides where they will the taxi driver is trying to come on to me and then you're in a situation where you're in a small vehicle I really hope my mum isn't listening to this because she's gonna have a heart attack yeah <laughs> but you're, you're in a, a small vehicle with a man driving to your door so now he knows where you live and he's flirting with you outrageously it's not a safe environment to be in you know the blokes tend to be physically bigger than me mm. could lock me in yeah and it's like we're you know often like we it's still it's still obviously not set, like totally safe but like getting an uber thought feels better and at least there's some sort of like reviewing system and yeah. record of it compared to like getting in a black cab right which we just don't really do because of that like that's honestly like the reason and it's like yeah I just think thinking with like the yeah the hangover is a good example to me of like they get so like fucked up in that film that they can't remember anything and that's there's no point at which they're like worried for their own safety really like do you know what I mean it's like um it's all about this the bad stuff they've done for you know and similarly in the wolf of wall street like Mm -hmm. and the kind of shame or whatever around that it's yeah it's interesting to me i mean like probably like we were also talked about it's like as a as a woman and having had experiences that we've had yeah are we worried like our regret is it based on what we've done have we done something or is it more based on like that thought process that's been ingrained in us, which is like, did I do something to provoke something having happened? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think it is that, right? Like, it's a sense of, like, guilt or, like, oh, that was... I shouldn't have done that. Because, I mean, like, we should say, like, last weekend, you, after we had that night out, you you were like, oh, I feel like I shouldn't have done these. And, like, to say, like, your behaviour was totally fine. And I think it was probably just, again, that, like, hangover anxiety. Where... I felt like talking to you about it. I was like, no, you haven't done anything wrong. You were completely fine. But it was like, you were worried that like, almost like just because we'd had a crazy night out, because that was like the craziest night out that we've had. You were like, did I put myself at risk Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and obviously I was like no it was fine but it was like that's I think that's that thought process you're talking about of like guilt around you know letting go and getting very getting drunk basically yeah you know yeah problematic (laughs) (laughs) our favorite word in this one have you seen that Bo Burnham thing inside no, I don't think so. Go on. It's really good. If you haven't seen it, it's like um, he. This is a this is a digression from the topic, but he did he made like a Netflix special throughout lockdown called Inside, and it's all just like funny songs. But there's a song called Problematic in it where he like reflects on things that he's done and whether or not they're problematic. <laughs> but it's really good, <laughs> really really good. 
that does sound good. Um, um, maybe we should just squeeze in Great Gatsby. Yeah. Um, because I, thought, I was going to say the book, like the book yeah. versus the film. I mean, because I did really love the book. I think the book is a bit better than the film. I didn't really like the film. To be honest, I don't love either. Okay. I read the book didn't really think much of it what did you love about it I guess I I mean I studied it at a level so I guess maybe that gave me like a different relationship to it in terms of um thinking about the themes because I guess it's all about like the American dream and the representation of the American dream versus the reality of it (laughs) much like the idea of a night out (laughs) versus the reality of it that's my A-level take. <laughs> it really is like an A-level essay, I love it. Um, so I I did, I do think it's kind of like, I can see why it's considered a classic and it is very much kind of critiquing Gatsby and everything he stands for. And again, for me, the film really glamorizes Gatsby and everything he stands for. It's like, you know, and, and I know like not completely, but I just feel like the representation of it by Baz Luhrmann. I also just found it a bit, I just thought it was a bit shit. <laughs> like, I just didn't yeah. really think it was a very good film. Like even the, I found the visual stuff really weird and like over the top, but like not in a good way, you know? I think it's like, I can see why, yeah, the book might have painted it like more of a picture of the double-edged sword of wealth and excess and yeah. being the main, yeah. Whereas very similarly to Wolf of Wall Street, this movie, for me, didn't show the double-edged sword at all. It's just a glamorization of X. Mm-hmm. And it has the exact same problem that I that really annoys me so much, where the female protagonist of that movie is just like, could be a handbag. Like, I really didn't feel like Carrie Mulligan brought anything. Well, obviously mm-hmm. she does. She's an amazing actress. Mm-hmm. But the lines she was given it's all very like oh cooey mm. so amazing and yeah like who is she i want to know more about her and why yeah. she, you know because like for me like in the book much more you get a sense of like uh how gatsby has like idealized her mm-hmm. and that she is like an actual person <laughs> beyond yeah. this you know like she's not his glamorized idea ideal of like love yeah and um yeah whereas for me in the film I agree with you like you don't you're not really getting that and I think it's like with Baz Luhrmann I mean I thought Romeo and Juliet was great like I like that I really think that is a good film but there's become this like thing with him I think where he's kind of associated with like a certain visual style and like opulence and luxury and like that film just felt like well either and like I wonder on a rewatch, would that hold up either? Because really that's again, like Julia in that, she's such a good girl, isn't she? Such a like, like a manic pixie dream girl coming back to yeah, our favorite. You know, whereas like, again, Leonardo DiCaprio is like multifaceted. <laughs> yeah, it's a recurring theme. Yeah. <laughs> Leo. You just hate any Leonardo DiCaprio movie. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to feel that positive about him in terms of like, also, you know, he's just, he literally just dates like supermodels who are like 20 years younger than him consistently, yeah. right? Again, so. yeah, even coming back to the original thing of Spring Breakers, like, like James Franco's got some problematic behavior too. Like all yeah. 
massive Hollywood actress actors being given such interesting and complex roles. Why? Why do we keep lauding them and giving mm. them all the interesting things to do? Mm. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's not great. <laughs> I mean, the Gatsby thing is like that idea. I suppose the idea of a party is like a different thing as well, isn't it? It's more of like an old fashioned idea of a party than like, I suppose what we've been talking about for most of this episode of like going to like a nightclub. This is like yeah. a, yeah, very organized kind of um, together party, isn't it? Great, the Great Gatsby. Yeah, and like invite only, very yeah. expensive kind of thing. Yeah. One like final thing, I guess maybe would be interesting to think about is like, um, we talked about super bad again i suppose to mention another kind of more like male focused big night out film i think i mean i think super bad is a great it's a great film it's very very yeah. funny mm-hmm. um and i guess it's about like nerds going out and we've i feel like we've pretty much talked about this in every single episode but in contrast book smart is like the girl nerd big night out right <laughs> to to yeah. women who are kind of nerds like having having a big one they're both comedies but I suppose they're kind of like they cross over into that like coming of age territory don't they have like the big night out as a kind of segue into growing up in some way I think as well like didn't Olivia Wilde make that movie yeah and I Book think smart. yeah actually I've got big hopes that she will start like she's got other massive movies coming out bigger mm-hmm. than that coming out soon and it's great that she's kind of open it put her foot in the door where did it open a little bit and Mm -hmm. hopefully if we can get some more um amazing female directors like that Mm. right at the top in hollywood things might start to shift because yeah book smart really tells that super bad story just as well from a Mm. point of view like why can't we have both super bad and book smart you know i want i want it all i don't want you know i don't want anyone sitting there listening thinking oh well can we not have movies about men having fun like of mm. course we can mm. all i want is like the same representation being given to women like the depth of representation you know mm. i actually like we watched and again like super bad like i do oh, i do like it but again i don't think it st- stood the test of time that well really? there are things in it like there's a bit in it again it's just like feels just feels like sexism always comes into these like male nights at night out th- stories they just need like one woman on the yeah. like, writing team like somebody to like temper what they're doing like how yeah with some of this stuff because there's a bit where like basically they go to this party and this girl is like dancing with one of them and then she's on her period and she's like bled through her outfit and onto him Mm-hmm. his reaction is like it's the most disgusting thing in the world you know and I remember watching oh, being, I was just like I'm gonna scream <laughs> yeah and I was just like oh again wow yeah it's a bit depressing so maybe yeah. I take it yeah. back like Emma what's her name the main actress in it is quite a big actress isn't she Emma? oh Emma Stone is in it yeah and also that thing again of like that film where like she is like the romantic interest for and she's like ridiculously good looking and the guy's like completely out of her league do you mean and i really get fed up of seeing like super hot women getting with like 
not super guys I guess just from the perspective where I'm like you're just you're making it seem like that's like normal and you don't see it the other way around like you don't see like not hot women getting with like dudes with like six packs in films and I'm like if I if I felt like I was seeing it like it's yeah if I then I would feel like gender equality was happening if I was like yeah and it's also I'm also saying it the other way around but I'm not like definitely definitely she's always cast in that role of like the dorky girl there's like really really weird casting for her Mm. in all her movies because she's one of the most beautiful women walking the planet don't you think yeah which is also just such an ira i hate that in films where they're like it happens so much in like teen movies where like the geeky girl is like ridiculously Uh, good looking you know and and just because they like wears yeah (laughs) she just wears some glasses right the hair down <laughs> she's a glamorous yeah it's just like it's like she's not actually like unattractive though she's like yeah, stunningly like, good looking that, like when she wears the dungarees she looks amazing she yeah really looks amazing so annoying yeah <laughs> i guess that's like one of the things i love about book smart in that like beanie felstead is a larger girl mm. and looks fantastic but like has her own sense of style like she's mm. not she doesn't look like emma what's what emma stone, emma stone. yeah but it's like they seem like real girls don't they yeah the, uh, the casting is great in that because they're really relatable you know you want to be on this night out with them mm. you see yourself so much in them they they seem like real girls just having Really time. <laughs> I think again, it's like really like joyful, isn't it? It's like it's kind of turning that thing on its head of like the idea that everything like they start that film, their their characters being like, oh, we're so well behaved, yeah. we we don't do like going out because that scene is like a bad thing and then the night out they have is kind of about them realizing that like all the people they go to school with are really great and (laughs) they can have loads of fun and also study right (laughs) it's like not pitting those two things against each other yeah like it comes back to the original point doesn't it of this good girl bad girl angel and devil thing and the fact I guess really what we've been talking about this whole time is that we're being shamed a lot for mm. behaviors and the great thing about book smart is that it says you can have it all you know mm. you can have fun you can also be really nerdy and read a load of books and be really smart mm. and you can go out and have a wild night out you don't have to be this one thing mm. yeah exactly i feel like that's quite a good point to wrap up on it's like have fun guys <laughs> take care of yourself on nights out drink lots of water but have a good time <laughs> we give you permission <laughs> Definitely. Do you want to do any recommendations to wrap it up? Um, I'm trying to think about what I've actually watched recently. You go first. Well, I just wanted to recommend this show I've been watching on, I think you can watch it on ITV, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's called The Sex Lives of College Girls. And Mm. it's by Mindy Kaling, who is amazing. I'm sure everybody who listens to this will know her, but if you don't know her, she was a character and part of the writing team on The American Office. And um, she's gone on to make um, Never Have I Ever, which is a teen drum, which we discussed last time. But this one is obviously about college girls. And it's so funny. I just feel like everything she makes is so funny, so joyful. And, you know, it's a, it's a whole female cast. Um, I love, love, love that one of the protagonists isn't really like traditionally attractive, but she's having this relationship with a really super traditionally attractive 
man, which is great. Then you've got another protagonist who um, is stereotypically kind of cheerleader looking, um, but she's struggling the whole way through the series with her queerness mm. and she doesn't want to reveal to anyone that she's queer and she's kind of ex- it explores how she just wants to be herself. She wants to be able to be in a sorority. Like she basically, she's kind of like legally blonde type character. Um, mm. And she wants to wear, you know, matching outfits and have her lovely, perfect blonde hair and um, be super intelligent and political and right wing, I guess, as well. Do you know what I mean? But she's really struggling with the fact that she's definitely a lesbian. Mm. And I think I've never seen something like that before. Like, I actually haven't seen a character like that before where... Mm. um, it's like Mindy Kaling's lifted someone out of um, almost like Trump type of America and said that that person who maybe even wore the red hat mm. could also be a lesbian. Like that's the yeah. reality of, of life. Anyone mm. can be gay. And I just love that representation and the fact that she's mingling a lot with um, more <laughs> people you'd say would like more obviously queer. Um, yeah. It's a relationship with this woman who's like, protesting a lot and looks super cool and has like a biker jacket and stuff. Anyway, it's an amazing, I won't spoil it anymore. That's oh. how the characters, there's four and they're all really well-rounded like that, you know? Yeah. I loved it. I loved it. So there you go. That's my recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Okay. I have actually a couple that I was thinking of. First of all, I just wanted to like recommend this because I feel like I've just discovered it, how on BBC Sounds on the app, they have like tons of audio books. They're often like abridged versions. So I guess they can be shorter, but they're all free and they have like tons and tons of stuff on there, both like nonfiction and fiction. I was amazed at how much was there. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things I listened to, have been listening to is called This Is Not A Pity Memoir by Abby Morgan, who's a screenwriter that I really like. She's like BAFTA award winning. And it's about how her husband had like a brain injury and basically doesn't recognize her anymore. Like he thinks that she's like an imposter and that there's like another Abby Morgan who's like going to come back. That's not, that's not her. Right. But I found it like super enjoyable and she's an amazing writer. Um, she's written, I'm trying to think with films, she did like um, Shame. I don't know if you've seen that film with like Michael Fassbender and- That's great, yeah. Yeah, and um, she did the film about Ma- Margaret Thatcher that was like had Meryl Streep in. She's written like loads of really big stuff. Mm-hmm. And so she's a great writer. And then TV show that I enjoyed was on Apple TV, which is doing loads of really good stuff. And I think it's only five pounds a month at the moment. So cheaper than other stuff called um, After Party. And it's like a comedy that's like a murder mystery. It's about this guy who's um, a pop star, organizes like a school reunion. And he's really famous. And I guess the rest of them aren't, but they all turn up. And um, it starts with like, he's being killed basically the pop star and they so they go through all the different characters and try and work out who's done it but it's like really really creative and that each episode is like a different character but they also have different styles so like one of the characters for example they were used to be in a band with this pop star and the pop star obviously made it and he didn't and he's like trying to get his the whole episode is about him trying to get him to bless his track which is this thing where like you get like a really famous person to like 
do a small part on your song to help yeah. you become famous. But when this detective interviews him, like his whole episode is like a musical, basically like everything's done in song. And like one episode is all like animated. Um, And it's just got some really great people and it's got like, you know, Alana Glazer, she's in it. Yeah, I love her so much. Yeah, Yeah, and like Jamie Dimitriou, who's a British comedian, but he's in it, interestingly. and oh what's her name tiffany hadish is like the detective so yeah like really really good cast that'd be my recommendation yeah amazing right we did it we did it it. (laughs) so before we go remember to rate review and subscribe thank you so much to everybody who has been listening if you're enjoying as well just like tell tell some chums about it yeah exactly spread the word um because it helps us get more listeners and boost the podcast and if you're interested in joining our book clubs which we now have in london manchester belfast liverpool and hal in germany i'm always like so excited by that (laughs) international baby um you go go to the feminist fiction instagram so at feminist.fiction and you can join there um yeah, it's this. It's so nice, and we're, like it's such a great community. So yeah, I just want to say as well, like, thank you to our organisers because really they're making the different yeah. groups their own, and it's just a kind of welcome really to feminist fiction London. Yeah, shout out because um, our new organiser there, she's doing such a great job, and they've had their first one, um, and I hope that one grows too. and like for anyone who's you know part of that community or even just follows us on social media like let us know what you want us to cover in the podcast and also like if there are things you'd like us to do more of you know like we're trying to do some more socials and we've done workshops in the past so anything Mm -hmm. you fancy we're quite open to yeah all right well we love you guys we hope that you uh, enjoyed our party episode please don't <laughs> us. like please don't come into my dms and say like anything shaming <laughs> yeah we're recording this on a saturday i wish we could just put it out straight away actually so we could be like go go forth and party <laughs> yeah. i guess i feel like kind of embarrassed to be revealing this much about myself so i really appreciate it if you are <laughs> who's messaged me with like really positive things recently thank you so much yeah we really really appreciate anyone who is listening to everything we're putting out and like supporting us it it gives us the confidence to continue to be vulnerable to continue to like have these chats in front of you so any feedback you've got we'd love to hear yeah definitely (laughs) Uh, i'm sorry mum, if you're listening (laughs) i'm okay don't worry (laughs) absolutely fine (laughs) okay thank you for listening okay bye bye